so excited about today's guest, so please excuse if I'm crazy fangirling over here. I love Nadine Artemis. She's the creator of Living Libations, and I'm so honored to be interviewing her today. Hi. <laughs> so I was just telling you, I first um, met you and found out about Living Libations at the Longevity Conference, David Wolf's Longevity Conference back in 2012. And ever since then, it just opened up a whole new world for me. I was really into wellness then, but it was just a completely different level of well-being that you were sharing and the essential oils and how powerful they are and just everything that you've created and really um, true clean beauty um, sharing that with women and just everything that you stand for. I love and I follow so closely. So I'm just really excited to talk to you today. And, and so thank you for being you, for being who you are and sharing the information. Um, and you know, everything from dental health, I love following closely. So I have so many questions there. Um, a couple of the conferences you spoke about breast cancer and also about sunscreen. And I think that's really important information that I feel so lucky to have had access to. But still, I think a lot of our listeners probably don't know that information. So it's really great to share. And then also, finally, I, I want to talk today about just um, diet in general, mm -hmm. because I think that's such an important topic today and something at the fullest that we have looked into a lot. I used to be very neurotic about the food that I ate because I researched so much mm -hmm. and I applied everything that I researched, but ultimately I found everyone's different and what works for me doesn't work for someone else. And I can't be vegan, raw, paleo and everything all at once because then it doesn't leave much option. And one day I went to the Venice store and someone at the Venice store, I think it was Zia, mm -hmm. um, she was telling me you had somewhat of a similar experience. I think maybe not like mine, but how you're really holistic and how you approach it. So I'd love to start with that really about how you um, view all these different diets from keto to anti-lectin to vegan to all these things and how you approach it. Yeah, there's certainly, um, we have a lot of education. There's a lot of options out there. Um, and I've definitely, you know, dived into all of those and was actually vegan for a long, long time. Um, but the, and the good thing about that, though, is it did prevent me from eating like, you know, hormone laden meat for a while. But I really, my journey started when for diet and health and understanding all that um, when I was 18 and I was at university. And I was skipping my class that day, and I happened to just see a talk show with Lisa Benet and Raul Julia on that, and they were talking about Diet for a New America. Mm -hmm. And that was a really radical concept back then. But just, to, oh, my God, like the food and the environment, they're all create like hooked, um, inextricably bound, and especially with... Uh, health, like mm -hmm. just that we didn't really talk back then about how food and health were connected. Yeah, you know, it's like so crazy. obvious yeah. now and food and growing and how it grows in the environment. And it would take like, I, I can't remember the stats, but like 50 gallons of water must be more than that to raise cattle and just, yeah. you know, on and on and on. Um, so from that moment forward, I actually never ate processed food again. And I always ate organic or wild um, 
And so that's a big step for yeah, a university and I was student. Really excited. And the great thing is there was a farmer's market there and I lived by a little health food store that was converted out of like an old Aww. house. It was literally on my walk home. Wow. Where did you go to school? So that was in, I, I live in Canada. So that was in Ontario. I went to University of Western and then later I transferred to University of Toronto, which of course Toronto has a lot of options. Yeah. So that was really good. Um, sort of guiding that. And that actually also led me to really just look at what I was putting on my body. So it was a Mm -hmm. whole awesome moment. Um, And of course, refining it over, you know, it's very macrobiotic then. Um, But then really, you know, coming in my 20s, coming to understand like the horrors of soy. I know. (laughs) Which was so crazy. And it actually was affecting my um, moon cycle at that time. But I I, I didn't put it all together. Oh my gosh, that was so long ago that you tapped into that. Oh yeah. Because that was like... I yeah. mean, even before the soy craze, essentially. I mean, it was there, yeah. but yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Well, soy was the answer to all of the you know, vegan, the vegan stuff, thing, yeah. and um, so then, luckily, discovering raw like got me off that macrobiotic soy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, later to have other issues, perhaps. But it was really when I uh, was diving into dental research and also having. Um, conceived of a child and being pregnant and given birth and really did like some really hearty long-term breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, How long did you nurse for? For about four years. Wow, I really amazing. wanted it to just be a natural weaning situation. Yeah. And it was amazing. That's so inspiring. Yeah. I'm still going and I'm yeah. probably going to go three or four. Yeah. I think, it was just so. like when you really see how the milk changes, you know, toddler milk is different for the immune system. And, wow. and I was always like, I didn't know how that moment would be. And mm-hmm. we were actually in Hawaii when he weaned and it had been a couple of days. So there was like nothing left in the cupboard yeah <laughs> and um he went on and there was nothing there and he just laughed and laughed and laughed oh and we were on this little beach in Molokai Aww. and it was glorious yeah. so that's really awesome um so then really just you know looking at the work of Weston West Price and stuff I was just like we do need other other nutrients and also the work of Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez he really mm-hmm. has about 10 dietary prototypes oh interesting I've never heard of him yeah and um he, he's he's no longer with us, but he was a, is an amazing cancer doctor and his research is, is awesome. And Kelly Brogan, Dr. Kelly yeah, Brogan, is love her um, talks about his work a okay. lot because she was actually mentoring with him in his last six months. So that's a great uh, wealth of knowledge that we mm-hmm. have available. But we do really need, we do, you know, you could be vegan, but you've really got to supplement it because you yeah. really are missing key nutrients. And I think... Um, and that's affecting our dental health. Yes. Okay. And I have seen, I've seen a lot of people's teeth over the years, you know, wow. just cause, and, and when you comes look to you, it's like, yeah. ah. <laughs> and you really can see, and especially, you know, in children and they're not getting those nutrients or in adult, you can start in many cases, start to see that gray glassy teeth. And it's because they're not getting those fat soluble vitamins wow. up into the pulp chamber. And that's like, you know, not a healthy situation. Wow. So what should they supplement more with or what is it that they're, uh, non-vegans are getting it Yeah, from. well, you really need K2, which would be found in grass-fed, uh, you know, ghee, um, you know, obviously the cows eating the grass, not the ghee, or, or a grass, like uh, d- dairy, like eggs and cheese, okay. and it's golden. You'll get that golden situation. Mm-hmm. You can get um, a K2 made out of fermented natto, which is a fermented soy. Oh, yeah. So if you are mm-hmm. eating soy, it has to be fermented, mm-hmm. period, and then there's just no, don't eat any other type of soy. Um and then D, D3, so sunshine mm-hmm. and the supplement um, and just, you know, healthy fats. So you'd want to make sure that you've got the avocados and coconut oil going 
the thing, though, too, is that where a lot of vegetarians and vegans can, um, where it seems okay, but there's the phytic acid, which is an anti-nutrient. There's the lectins and the gluten. So um, often vegan and vegetarian diets can be very high in grains and like lentils, legumes. Yeah. And those are actually, there's a lot of anti-nutrients in there. And there's a lot of things that can create a leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And so... There really is no one diet for all. And I, it took, you know, it was a lot to come off vegan for eight, I was, I know. for 18, almost 20 years. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. And I really get it. Like, I don't, like, I get the ethics of it. I get it I all. Get but it all my too, body yeah. just needed something else. And then also, so it was such a, it was such a slow, unraveling of all that but at was this, that what after you had your son yes okay. and then just really needing other things in my mm -hmm. body but also um you know coming even off of raw and then like you know but lentils weren't really doing it for me either and mm -hmm. you know just doubt and again whatever choice we made with an animal food animal food we always would choose like the highest so it's like you know the goat the grass you know pastured goat mm -hmm. dairy or that kind of thing but dairy doesn't totally work for me either so I'm kind of so, pagan now, yeah. you know, the paleo vegan, but yeah. there really are like we, vegetables are not harmless food either. And you, there really could be serious issues for people if they've got mm -hmm. an autoimmune and they're eating lectins or high things in oxalates, mm -hmm. you know, so I do think there are some food rules. Like I don't think, you know, GMO corn, wheat, soy, like nobody should be eating yeah. those. Um, and the rest you kind of have to figure out. You play around with yeah. it. That makes sense. I had an issue with my thyroid and, yes. you know, I was eating so much kale and all the cruciferous yeah. vegetables and it really set me off. So, but now it's like, I think once you kind of figure out what works for you and what doesn't and eat intuitively, then you don't have to stress as much about it, but have these sorts of so this balance where I know that I'm not going to eat these three things or these four things that I know are not good and they're changing my DNA because we know that GMOs change our DNA and they're yeah. just not good. Nope. But going to into the dental stuff, yes. because I think this idea, I mean, I, just hearing you talk about how our mouth and our teeth are alive and they're living beings, they're living structures in our mouth and we can heal them mm -hmm. instead of just cut right into them. If you know that we need a root canal or whatever. And I mean, I've had a root canal and I have like one tooth where I'll probably want to show you if we end up <laughs> having time, but, but it's like, I want to know, I would love for you to share this idea because not very many people are tapped into that of the fact that our um, mouth is an ecosystem mm -hmm. and then, um, and then tapping into, so what if you do need work? Like mm -hmm. wh what are the steps? Yeah, those are great questions. And yeah, I mean, I mean, the way I was raised, you kind of just feel like the teeth, they grow in and they're fixed and then whatever happens, that's the end of it. But we, we, as we know, with a lot of things now, you know, everything's connected in the body and, you know, the mouth is obviously connected to the body, to the endocrine system, to the digestive system, to the alimentary canal. I mean, it's all connected. And so diet is very key that we're getting the proper nutrients and fat soluble vitamins to keep our teeth healthy. And a lot of, you know, if there are things going in the mouth, you want to uh, amp up the dietary care. And then we also have eight steps that are really good to follow. And um, because the current condition of your mouth can change, um, you know, the gum, you know, if you've got gum pocket, pockets that are a seven or a nine, you can bring them back up to a two or a three. What does you, that mean? 
Oh, that's like receding gums. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I know someone um, who works closely with me who has that. Yeah. So you've really got to tend to the area, but whatever you're currently doing, you know, is not going to get you out of that. Cause so, you know, it could be the dental products, the diet, the way that you're brushing or teeth grinding at night. What about lemon? Is lemon as bad as they say? It can be if your enamel's a bit a weak or if your own saliva isn't that alkaline and oh. then that extra acidic wow. hit is a bit much. So the saliva is supposed to be, it's like the ocean of your mouth and it's, your teeth are supposed to be in a sea of alkalinity. Um, so you want to be testing your saliva. If you're having dental issues, you want to make sure you're not mouth breathing. I mean, that's mm -hmm. really one thing that can really wreak havoc on the mouth. You can get mouth tape, especially for children. So you want to look at their diet and like, you know, maybe they're eating dairy and that's not allowing them to breathe because mm -hmm. it will literally, the, the face will grow differently yeah, if you're I've mouth breathing. That. Yeah. Well, my son has um, a lip tie and a tongue mm -hmm. tie, but it didn't get in the way of our nursing. Yeah. So I didn't good. do anything because it's recommended sometimes to cut that. There's also newer treatments that do a laser. Yeah. That's what um, someone had said, but then, um, he's had other traumatic stuff happen like Aww. after he was born because he has genetic condition mm. but so I didn't do anything because of that I decided to wait but it's, I was told that it would change the structure of his face if he can't properly you know I don't know de not detox but like swallowing and just all of that so that is interesting that you're saying that it does change um, the yeah, structure. it can. Like even like, even braces, which are supposed to, you know, help the face structure, actually change the face structure. Wow. Structure, so you get a more vertical growth. And they've been able to study that with twins and stuff because they would be grown yeah. the same. So, what do you recommend as far as um, if a family? Okay, so what do you think about pacifiers? I'm not into. Okay, them. I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't do pacifiers yeah. because I think I read that somewhere with yeah. you. Yeah. And, um, why is it that you're not into it? Because, well, because for a lot of reasons, but yeah, it's not good for the structure of the mouth. And also, yeah, it's ear. Can you get ear infections and stuff from it? Or is that you? Um, maybe I haven't, I haven't gone into it in a while. Yeah. I just knew mm -hmm. when I was in that phase, I wasn't going to be doing that. Yeah. You know. Okay. And then if someone wants braces or, you know, you, do you recommend that? Um, there's a lot of issues with braces, including the growth, which is, which I think is a, is a deep and real issue, but also they're, you know, generally made out of nickel, which is very toxic. I have a whole chapter in my holistic dental care book that goes into mm -hmm. that. And also a, an article on our website mm -hmm. that you can really understand the date, the braces issue. My thought too, with something like Invisalign mm -hmm. was that, I mean, I just, I haven't read anything about this, but if our teeth are living and breathing, mm -hmm. then covering it with plastic, mm -hmm. maybe just outside from plastic being in your mouth all mm -hmm. day and all night, mm -hmm. um, probably isn't a good idea because they need to breathe or what yeah, do you think there, about Yeah, it does that? affect their respir respiratory, like the teeth do breathe literally yeah. and there's an in and out. Um, there is a orthotropics though. There are some solutions and I talk about those in the article in the book as well. Okay, so there cool. are options. And are there people that, you know, maybe in the LA area or around here that do that? Yes. Um, uh, there are, and there's like an orthotropic society. Oh, and cool. So they can just Google it and find out yeah. about all that. Yeah. Another thing I signed up for, but 
um, because my son is so young. I think it was around the time he was born, mm-hmm. so I couldn't do it. Yeah. But I loved that you had the sound healing. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it Oceans of Light? Yeah, that's something? our friend, Can uh, you speak Mahalia. On that a little? She, yeah. yeah, she's a, a very. She's a beautiful and talented, um, and she goes into the sound realms. And because the teeth are bones, there's a real resonance there. And um, a lot of people just were able to clear up some things. It's, yeah, it's really neat. And then you um, listen to those sounds and it changes just the energy. Yeah, and she did specific things for dental healing in the dental bliss, like a kind of a audio course. So cool. Yeah. So as far as the steps go, I know there's, um, you know, oil pulling and you have those products. I love your toothpaste, the winter green and clean. Yeah. I use that one. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, I'd love to hear because you don't use xylitol. And I think that's a really important one to bring up mm-hmm. because most, most toothpastes have that in it. Yeah, xylitol, even like glycerin, which seems inert, yeah. is is an issue because it actually coats the teeth. And again, it blocks that respiration. It doesn't just wash away after, you know, kind of normal rinsing of your mouth. It takes a lot of rinsing um, and it's wow. still kind of so this. So that very thin, invisible coating doesn't allow the saliva to access the teeth and do its job. And xylitol, um, the studies that showed it to be effective as anti-cavity were funded by xylitol. Mm you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's not really, un- so there's those issues. Plus it's, um, it's, uh, like an alcohol, a sugar alcohol. And it also shows to be, be not so great on the guts and the blood brain barrier. So it can create a leaky gut situation, which is why in higher amounts, people will get gas and diarrhea, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's not an ideal ingredient and it yeah. doesn't seem to be effective against uh, bacteria. I mean, the cavity. cavity. So if you have a gut issue mm-hmm. or other issues that are going on in your body, would your teeth reflect that? Yeah, generally it would. Versa? It can because it could mean that nutrients aren't getting up into that pulp chamber. So the, the, the thing that's key to know, um, so we've been sort of living with the acidogenic theory that like sugar and acids on the mouth is what causes cavities. But when we really look at the deeper work and, uh, you know, thousands of studies that were done by Dr. Steinman, um, we see that there's actually when we chew and we're signaling to the body that we're eating, of course, that connects to the hypothalamus, like pretty much everything in the body. And those create a signaling system um, that so there's actually a dentineal lymph fluid. It's like the lymph system, but for teeth. So, you know, there'll be nutrients extracted from the food going into the lymph system. And then those nutrients are carried up to the tooth. And that process actually takes about six minutes, but then it gets to the pulp, to the to the tooth, to the pulp chamber. And then it goes, this dentineal lymph fluid actually goes out onto the surface of the teeth. And that's, that journey actually takes about an hour, even though it's like very small, because there's a lot of biological activity in there. And so this dentineal lymph fluid brings nutrients to the teeth. And then it actually through the odontoblast gets, goes out of the enamel of the tooth, like microscopic sweat. And then that fluid coalesces with the saliva. So there's an energy system, a centrifugal energy system, like it's kind of like a tree that draws up nutrients from the root into the trunk. Mm -hmm. So the tooth does that drawing it up into the tooth and then so it's like this inward and outward thing when we are not you know not doing so well 
that system can stagnate or in worst cases actually reverse. So then the tooth becomes like a straw sucking in the virus and bacteria from the mouth into the tooth. And that's actually how cavities are born. Wow. So with the right, you know, mineral messengers and the right food, like just good, healthy, whole food, that signaling system is going to work. Oh my gosh. So are you going to do a whole book on how to eat well for optimal dental health? It's in my book, Holistic Dental Care. It is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, that's amazing. Okay, I'll have to go back and, and then look we I review it. it and I review it in Renegade Beauty too. There's a pretty hardy dental chapter in there as well. I read a lot about your just birth stuff in there. Yeah. So I have to now go in and revisit. I made the oil that you had your husband rub on you oh, for yeah. pain relief with the marjoram. Yeah. Did I you loved like that? it so much, even though I ended up getting an epidural still. Ah, that's okay. <laughs> but it really helped in the beginning stages of labor. Yeah. When was your birth? Um, it was August 2018. Right. Yeah. So like a year and mm-hmm. a bit ago. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense because if you think about how sometimes I have a friend who um, her son ended up needing to take an antibiotic and she, you know, gave it to him and she was really upset about it or whatever. She ended up giving it to him. And then she said his tooth turned a different color from it. So everything that you're saying makes so much sense. I talk about that in the book, too. I mean, there are like the fluoroquinolone antibiotics are so crazy for the teeth. Mm -hmm. I mean crumbling yeah but but there you see there's the example of like it brings it up into the system that brings it to the tooth yeah Yeah. so can you share a little bit about your dental routine um well i just do the eight steps which uh we have really it's you know if i mapped it out people be like scrambling take notes so go to our site and and you'll see yeah. yeah the um tongue yeah rinsing with like baking soda or sea salt water and then you know using two types of brushes to do the gums and is that like your powder because I have your pearl powder yeah you can use the pearl powder we've got the actual paste like the winter green Mm -hmm. clean and then we also have the dental serums which are very concentrated drops and there's even one that's been ozonated that you can use in place of toothpaste you can Mm -hmm. uh, line your floss with it and then get those that botanical antibacterial antifungal antiviral drops right up in between each tooth which is really good and then tongue scraping okay i need to do that with the floss so (laughs) yeah it's really good what do you think about water um yeah water flossing is great too and you could even add a drop you know or or make add a pinch of baking soda to that so it's alkaline or one of the drop uh dental drops into there that's smart okay i'll do that up upgrade it yeah Yeah. that makes a lot of sense okay so now let's get into i mean there's so many things but um sunscreen yes so you did an entire um lecture on this and i my mom is an esthetician so Ah. she was with me at that conference and I was so happy because my whole life she's been like sunscreen 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 we need the highest possible sunscreen imported from France (laughs) blah 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 and then all of a sudden we went in and you just had so much knowledge to share around that and I mean people are now looking more into you know there's these bigger companies Kula and that are organic sunscreens but they still have the additives that you're talking about the chemicals. So, um, so can we talk a little bit about that? And Mm -hmm. then if you are going to use sunscreen, um, what to use? Yeah. Yeah. Was your mom convinced? 
She really was. Oh, yeah. Good. She was totally wow. convinced. Yeah. I mean, she's one of those people that's like, okay, I get it. So I'm not going to say that anymore, but it's part of her routine. So she's still, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just need to give her a sunscreen that'll be take care clean. of it yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, and I have a whole chapter dedicated to it in the book as well because it's a really important subject. Um, yeah. So it's like, well, which way in? Cause there's so many issues, but we know, like we know about the ingredients that are, that are in sunscreens, et cetera, that are endocrine disruptors. And it's crazy. What's the active ingredients in sunscreen like oxybenzene is non-carcinogenic until it's exposed to sunlight. Yeah. That's, so that's so like, they're testing it in a lab, not with people out in the sun, basically. Or, or do they just know? I, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's an ingredient that's used for like different sort of, it's a catalyst in lab stuff. So that's one of the main, it's a band in Europe, but it's it's used in a lot oh, of countries. Wow. And then there's just other ingredients, but you know, it's not good for the body or the microbiome. But if we put all of that aside, the main issue with sunscreen is that it divides the UVA from the UVB. So if we're in the sun, so now we got our sunscreen on, then we're just receiving UVA without its ultraviolet partner, UVB. So UVB is the one that delivers vitamin D. So there's that. But the worst part, if you're concerned about your skin, is that the UVA delivered all on its own is actually going to create sun damage. And so I cite a lot of uh, studies in my book from, you know, that have been rounded up from the Cochrane reviews or the, um, you know, New England Journal of Mm -hmm. Medicine that really, and I'm generalizing now, but that the use of sunscreen creates more chances of melanoma, more chances of squamous cell carcinoma, more moles, more freckles. So it's, you know, not to mention the endocrine disrupting and the different levels of toxicity. Mm -hmm. And that you're not only is it this one toxic, but you're like baking it in. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, and then other studies show that the closer you live to the equator, the more recreational time you spend out in the sun, the less chance you'll get of melanoma. So it's like really mixed up, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but you definitely don't, you don't want to burn and you don't want to just be like going into the sun one week a year on your vacation to the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. You want to work on it slowly, but surely you know, work, so start in the spring, starting 10, 15 minutes a day, working your way up. Um, and if you have the time, I mean, you can really do like half an hour on each side, you know, getting yourself to an hour and really thinking of it as part of your, like, it's kind of like bathing, like mm-hmm. it's a, an essential thing. And then we, if you're living in the colder climates, like I do, you really want to build that up. Um, cause from November to April, you know, you're not going to get much, but we're like solar batteries and we can, you know, store that fuel to take us through the winter months. And then you could supplement with like a vitamin D supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, but often I get asked, well, can I just take vitamin D? Um, but it's a, it's a different biology for the body. So the sun, when our skin engages with the sun and it's been designed for that, I mean, we have thousands of vitamin D receptors Mm -hmm. and when we're, when they're not brimming with vitamin D, then we're susceptible to disease. And so now we know like a hundred years later, why heliotherapy and using the sun to heal things like tuberculosis and Epstein-Barr was effective Wow! because it's, you know, the sun is so hooked up to our immune system. And now of course we have over 3000 studies that show, you know, how it slashes cancer risk. So if you are sufficient in vitamin D, then your risk of breast cancer is slashed by 50%. Wow. Which is one of the most effective things you can do. I know. I remember in one of your lectures, you, um, you were sharing this one place that people used to go to, to just 
sit out. I mean, it was like a healing center and they would sunbathe. Yeah, that was in the 1920s in Lausanne, Switzerland. And there was like, you know, the hospital was totally geared around. It was all just about the sun. So it was like huge verandas and everybody would just be outside wearing like just little like kind of these white cloth diapers and getting all the sun they could. And it was very effective healing. People came from all over the world. Oh my gosh, that's really amazing. Yeah, that's and the sun was okay then. And even like we have Mademoiselle Coco Chanel saying, you know, no outfit is complete without a tan. <laughs> and then the 40s came and it all changed. Um, and we produced more chemicals and then lobby groups. And I don't know how it all got out of control. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that makes sense. Because people, I mean, money. <laughs> So if someone doesn't have, or if someone wants to wear sunscreen. Yes, right. And, and there's going to be times when, you know, clothing's not going to cut it. So we have, um, we make, everybody loves the sunshine and one's an oil version, which is just, we call it golden tanning oil. Cause it will, it will just, it's like a sun harmonizer. The word SPF is really only regulated and, and can be used for chemicals. Okay. So there's really you can't really give it an SPF name, um, but some plants, oils are like a kind of like like olive oil, a coconut. Those would kind of be like an SPF equivalent of like a six, seven, eight. Interesting. Yeah, so you, you would get, think that you burn with that. N- well, it w- and then no, it actually is protective and it protects the plant. And then we add other pigment, rich pigmented botanicals and and things that are healing. You know, either previous sun damage or if you get a little bit burned, it would you know, cool it down. So that's like just a, something that can extend your time in the sun, depending on where you are on the planet and your natural skin tone. Mm-hmm. It could maybe add 15 minutes to an hour to your ta- to your time in the sun. Wow. Then we, what, then to block the sun, we have everybody loves the sunshine with zinc. Mm-hmm. So it's the same ingredients. Then we add zinc to that and we use a non-nanoized and non-coated zinc molecule and that's very effective. We know you've known about zinc for a while, but what that, why that's effective? And that's a block, so it's going to block at about twenty percent. It blocks, and it it works because it deflects the rays. So you're not absorbing, and you're not absorbing the UVA on its own. Okay. Um, so you just get that block. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So it's like wearing clothes, essentially. Yeah, in but, a way. Yeah. So you yeah. kind of have like you know the one, the block, or the golden tan oil, but kind of not too much in between. But that's where you know you want to know your body and know what it needs. And there's even like a D-Minder app that will put in your geography and the weather and all that. And will let you know how long you oh, need wow. to be in the sun to get that vitamin D that day. Oh, cool. I'll have yeah. to look that up. And really quick um, about sunbathing, back to sunbathing yeah. really quick, about sunbathing in your genitals and having yes. that. I want to talk about that. I mean, I don't know what to say. Genitals, yeah, vagina, yeah, whatever, yeah. penis. Genitals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was laughing because it was like a month or so ago. It like, I guess the word got out on, on tanning perennium. So oh, there yeah. was like these fun photos of people's feet in the <laughs> legs up in the sky. And of course it looks so crazy to the majority of the world. Um, but yeah, you want to, you know, t- studies show it does increase testosterone. And there's a there's a good Italian expression that Doreen Virtue quoted. It's sort of an anonymous Italian expression, but it's like um, the doctor goes where the sun doesn't. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. so interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. true. So, yeah. And I, I mean, if you can, I mean, you want to, you know, sun with as much real estate of your skin exposed as mm-hmm. possible. And um, if you can get those areas in. Yeah. That's a good thing. 
and on the glycerin. Yeah. Because I know um, a lot of my son's supplements, mm-hmm. they, I don't like glycerin. Glycerin I, instead of alcohol, really right? Because it's for glycerin. a kid. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything that you recommend that sometimes maybe a, or any recommendations for a company? Let's say someone's mm. listening into this podcast right now and they have a company, they might use glycerin. What is a good substitute for that? Do you know? Well, I think like digestion, I mean, yeah, I don't I haven't really studied it like to take internally. It's not so good on the outside of the skin because it can create osmolarity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't really thought about what I'm sure there's other, and you can also, there's pretty cleaner glycerin options, mm-hmm. I guess, for the supplement world. But surely there's another medium. Yeah. And then also, on one last thing on the yeah. sun stuff, there are a lot of supplements coming out now, like zinc supplements for skin care, for sunscreen in mm-hmm. particular. Oh, well, supplements? Yeah. Like mm. I've I've come across a few brands. I mean, we come across a lot of brands at the fullest. And, yeah. Um, and I've come across a few that have been for sun care. But it's... Mm. So have you had any... Um, Yeah. What do you think about taking zinc internally for that? Well, zinc, I mean, I haven't looked at that research, but zinc is certainly an essential mineral and it's so good for our immune system. So it's a beneficial uh, thing, but we also want to, as much as possible, get it from our food and herbs, that kind of thing. Um, But definitely, and I, I cite some studies in my book, but there's a food you can eat for sunscreen too. It shows eating plants rich in pigments uh, is so beneficial. It creates oh, an internal sunscreen, you know, like and carotenoids? just what's like that beta carotene. And- yeah. Or okay. like, yeah, just like, um, trying to think of all the foods mm-hmm. that are yeah rich in blueberries, mm-hmm. spirulina, um, and, and drinking chlorophyll in the sun is a great thing to do too. Oh, okay. So you want to keep hydrated and then it just is really good for the blood. And I talk about a little study there cause it really is like our form of photosynthesis. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And so, okay, the last thing I really, I know, um, you know a lot about, and you've done a lot of research on breast cancer Mm -hmm. and you got into, um, speaking on the topic of bras with breast cancer and just like our lymphatic system, I'm sure is what that is connected to, but what sorts of information do you think that most people don't have access to that you've researched on with for breast health? Yeah. Yeah. I love your breast massage oil oh, so much. Thank and you. Our yeah. managing editor, she ended up um, having breast cancer mm. a couple of years ago and she uses it now oh, too. That's which nice. I love. So yeah. 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 So in our, you know, the area of our breasts can, um, with bras and, you know, they get a lot of movement, we can create a lymphedema mm-hmm. if our bras are too tight and we're not allowing that circulation. And if we think it's our breast health, but also really when we're speaking of breast health, it's the latter aspect, including the armpit, because when women, some women do get breast cancer, I mean, they're removing lymph nodes from the armpit and stuff. So it's a very connected area. And um, we really want to think about our deodorants, you know, we would getting that daily micro dose of, um, of aluminum for a few decades does accumulate in the body and tissues. Mm-hmm. And when they study diseased breast tissue, um, 99% show, uh, methylparabens are in there, which is a preservative that's used in a lot of cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we really want to keep circulation going. So anytime you're getting out of the bath or the shower and you're applying 
you know, I'm always applying the best skin ever, just like a moisturizer. Just take a few extra minutes. You can use something like the Breast Health Oil, but if you just sort of like take that minute and massage it with a little bit more uh, intention mm -hmm. and get the circulation going is a really good thing because it can just get stagnant, you know, and then things can pool, pool up. Um, so that, that, and then the, the, the breast health oil was also designed and I'll talk, I talk about it more in my book, but the essential oils, which are super high in various monoterpenes, which are really effective botanical medicine that they have, those have been shown in studies to be so effective for breast health and the immune system and uh, many essential oils like a uh, blood orange, um, grapefruit, those oils, they're high in limelene, which is also shown to, um, reduce, oh. um, the pathways for breast cancer as well. So that's really important. And also a lot of women don't know about iodine. Iodine is very yeah. important for breast health. They said iodine is something that you speak on. Yes. Um, What's the dose on that? It's going to be different for everybody. So it's important that people sort of figure that out for themselves. I mean, follow what the bottle says, mm -hmm. but you might also, you know, you could, there's a book called Iodine Crisis and Iodine, another book called Iodine by Dr. Brownstein. And they'll go into dosages and stuff because there's the regular dose and then sometimes there's benefits to doing a high dose for a mm -hmm. while so that you can so uh, iodine's part of the halide family if you remember a periodic your periodic chart also in the halide family are like bromides chloride and fluoride and so and we're getting a lot of that mm -hmm. and so iodine the friendly halide will chelate those oh so okay. it brings because if so our thyroid and breasts have receptor sites for iodine. Mm. And if, if we're not getting the iodine, then it will latch on to those other halides. Okay. And so we want to chelate those from our body. And um, iodine is also an essential mineral, just like magnesium. So we do need it in our bodies. It's, it's found in every cell of the body. And generally, from studies, it's shown that 70 to 90% of the world population is completely deficient. Wow. And I've heard also omega threes. Is that for uh, specifically for breast health as well? Good. Um, or? Those are good in general, mm -hmm. but I, I don't. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I haven't. You didn't come across that for not specifically linked. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. It was so fun speaking with you and just learning more about what you're sharing with people. It's so important. I mean, it's so much more than the power of the essential oils. It's really a whole lifestyle and. And it's so be so completely different than how um, we're approaching medicine in the mainstream and just overall well-being. And I'm so appreciative of your outlook. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because you've really opened up, opened me up to seeing things in a completely different way. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a comment or review, and share with your friends. I'm always reading our comments and love hearing from you, so keep in touch, and I'll see you next time.